Um, I think for taboo to me, that's anything like kind of counterculture or just not necessarily the most commonplace discussion. So typically what my main realms are talking about psychedelics, cannabis, and then sexuality. Sex, sex, sex. Sex. We love it. We love it so much. That's why Matt and I get along so well, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, sure. <laughs> That's where my head is all the time. I am horny everywhere at once. It's a life mantra. Yeah, horny, let's go. My top three favorite words. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. What's up, everybody? Matt and Taylor here, and we wanted to remind you as a thank you for listening to our podcast. If you leave a five-star review and a written review, we are giving away a $150 Amazon gift card. So please, again, leave a five-star rating and then review the podcast. So not only can you possibly win $150, but we get a chance to shout you out. And here we go. Taylor's going to give you the shout-out of this week. All right, guys, the review today is from KDH1256, and she says, So relatable. Fantastic podcast. Relatable and super down-to-earth host. I'm excited to continue to listen, learn, and grow from not only my relatable experiences, but also gain perspectives from other people's views. Great job, guys. Thank you so much, Katie. We really appreciate you listening. Thank you, Katie. Much love, and everybody enjoy this next episode. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Modern Happiness Podcast. Taylor here. So excited to have you guys. What's up, everybody? And I'm Matt Mihalik. And we are so excited to be joined by our very special guest, the queen of community. What? The redheaded (laughs) goddess sent down from the heavens to bless us with her just incredible energy, warm light, beautiful smile. Oh, it's so nice. This is Savvy Rose. What's up, Savvy? Hi. How are you? I'm great. Incredible. Phenomenal, <laughs> if you will. Phenomenal. Exceptional. Great. Good. So guys, just so everyone's clear, if you're not watching the video, we're doing a spodcast today. <laughs> so we... meets podcast. Hell yeah. So tell us what we first did. We cleaned our face. We cleaned our face with a little like facial cleanser. Yeah. And I had an immediate <laughs> yeah. reaction to it. Matt had an allergic reaction to it. Taylor red. got some of it stuck in his beard. So we were off yeah. to a rocky start. It's a process. It's yeah. a process. But now we have some nice like gold eye masks. Yeah. It's supposed to appear like we got a full eight hours of sleep. Mm, so yeah. mm. we got gold leaf under our eyes. Oof. Fancy. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And then later on, the gua sha and jade roller are in the freezer, getting nice and chilly. And we're gonna rub avocado oil all over us. And <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, that's where we're gonna cut the video off. Yep. Well, well, not safe for we're keeping the video on. <laughs> you guys, you got it. Uh, I'm gonna start an OnlyFans account. Uh, <laughs> oh. oil. Ooh. See what happens. Is that the username? Avo oil. Avo oil boy. <laughs> you stole my yes. I love it. Hope that's not taken. Probably not. Uh, it's my alter ego. Incredible, incredible. Well, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Got a glass of wine down. This nice. podcast is underway. Yes. Yeah. Should we start with some uh, rapid fire? Let's questions? hit him with the rapid fire savvy, so our audience can get to know you. I'm gonna kick it off. Okay. <laughs> where do you Where are you from, and where do you live now? 
I am from Fort Collins, Colorado, and then I moved to Denver when I was two and a half, and now I am still in Denver. A native, a Colorado native. Wow. Yes. So rare. Yes. <laughs> One of a kind. Thank you, boys. Um, okay, Savvy, what is your favorite thing to do for fun? Holy shit, anything with people. Um, just socializing, going places where I don't know anyone, and then leaving with a bunch of new friends. Yes, that's why I called you Queen of Community, which we'll probably talk about. Uh, it's an incredible gift you have. Thank you. Love that. Um, so that's one of my favorite nicknames I've been coined, so thank you very yes, much. Yes, you got it. It's true. Um, <laughs> do you know what a walk-up song is? Uh, yes. What is your walk-up song? Oh, my God. I know. And it can be, you know. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, first song that comes to mind for some reason is Fuck Sleep by ASAP Ferg. Okay. Okay. I don't know it. I don't know it. Put it on the list. Yeah. Oh my do you God, want to sing it for us? No, but I can okay. play a quick clip if you want to I, I don't know that. if that's allowed on podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. 15 seconds? I don't know what the rules are. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll just look it up later. It's yeah. a banger. It's great. Um, okay, favorite book? Uh, oh my god. I haven't read a book in a long time. <laughs> Actually, I did because of you. You really helped me out with that. Mm. Taylor had me reading at least one line of a book before I would brush my teeth because I don't have structure in my life, but every morning I do brush my teeth. So I would read one line of a book. Right now I'm reading a book um, called Consciousness Medicine, and it's actually really excellent. It's mm. about um, psychedelics and um, how to use them, but also like the actual rich history of it. So very exciting. Book. Nice. Cool. Uh, all right. Do you have a nickname? Oh my God. Savvy, Sav, Rose, Rosebud. So I, I don't know. Random thing. Okay. I got to ask. This is not on the list, but I got to ask. If you could have a new nickname, what, what would you want? I don't know why, but I really want to be called a sex kitten. <laughs> in daily life, though. Not, yeah. not just in the bedroom, just, you know. Just like I want someone yeah. to be like, wow, she is such a little sex kitten, you mm. know? That's what I was hoping you would say. We, we, we got beers the other night, and that came up, and it was too good not to say. Thank you for asking the question. <laughs> okay, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my god, so many things. Um, embarrassingly, at one point in my life, I really very badly wanted to be a secretary. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> my, I grew up and my mom was a small business developer, so she would go into these businesses and like spruce them up and tell them what to do. And I would go with her sometimes when I was really little. And the main person that you like interact with is a secretary. So she's like the front. She gets to talk to everyone. I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Plus, I was obsessed with, like, writing and neatness and notes and calendars. So I was like, that's a dream job. And then I realized that's not, like, the most uh, hardworking position. So I was like, never mind. For a while, I thought I was going to be a spy or detective. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was very little, my best friend of 14 years and I wrote a book called Stranger Injustice. And we acted it out. It was phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Wizard's Chest. I definitely the name sounds familiar, but I thought of boobs immediately. So. <laughs> I don't Wizards know. Chess. That's where I'm at. <laughs> no, 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 no. They probably have boob related things, but it's like a, a store with a bunch of weird props and random things for like movies and play. And we used okay. to go there and act out our little books. So nice. That was definitely top of the list. And then interior designer, and then psychologist. Wow. Okay. Yep. All, all over right. the place. We'll we'll dive deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know what to do now. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, this is the final rapid fire question. Um, what's the best purchase you've made under one hundred and fifty dollars in the last? What do we have? Five years. How much are AirPods over that? About one. The AirPod Pros are 
200, but yeah, I think. I don't have the pros, so a thousand okay. percent my AirPods so, are in yeah. at all times. I accidentally took my DMV photo recently with <laughs> AirPods in. I saw that. That is so funny. Wow. That is, that so is great because I actually <laughs> accidentally coached, coached an entire CrossFit class and had them in because I was so used to wearing them <laughs> yeah. that I forgot. And then after class, I was like, oh my God, they must have thought I was this like, so wow, this guy is like not focused at all into class, just like listening wow. to his music. Nobody said anything. I was blown away. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know your AirPods are in, right? I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I just forgot. That's so yeah, now, it's like part of you at some point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's the difference. That I have the pros and they're noise canceling. So you definitely know. I can't hear right. anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm out, dude. I'm, I'm zoned in right now. That's, that's funny. It reminds me of my mom where she's like, have you seen my glasses? I'm like, on top of your head? Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. We all do. Oh, yeah. Okay, so to dive in. Great. Uh, you know, a couple of things we want to talk about. You you definitely have a big following on Instagram. I do. Um, so I'd love to get there. But first, Savvy Rose. That's your main account. Where did Where did the Rose part of that come from? Rose is my middle name. Oh. Yes. Um, Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's I was like, not <laughs> a question. Okay. Um, I made my Instagram in high school and it wasn't taken. And I was like, cool, that savvy is much easier to type out than Savannah. And yeah. Rose sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, <laughs> so on that same thread, um, yeah, let's talk about social media. Like, uh, we asked you, we, we seen you a questionnaire before and uh, I'm curious, what does, how does the word influencer resonate with you? Cause you have maybe about 80,000 followers. That's, that sounds like an accurate number. So uh, a lot, a big following, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do you feel about the word influencer? I'm working on it not being triggering to me because when I introduce myself, I say that I do social media and content creation. I don't say influencer. Um, Cause when I think of influencer, I think of like, people selling little tummy tea and saying, oh, this is super good for you. You're going to be super fit. Um, And that's not the case. They have like no formal education on that topic. So that's in my head. But really, um, it's just like being someone who other people um, look to for advice or like a place to go or whatever their niche is. And it is my dream job at the moment. Um, I kind of fell into it. And it's literally just building community and like going and networking, which is just me going and being like, hi, who are you? Like, wow, cool. Let's connect somehow. And then highlighting um, and showcasing these people who I think are one, exceptional people themselves, but two, really, really doing something special or excellent at their craft. So working on the term, not being as as it yeah. is. Yeah. I think that's great. But you know, yeah, it is kind of a triggering term. I think there are a lot of words that have these bad connotations. Like yeah. everyone's like sales, mm. you know, it's like, oh, sales, you know, you think of used car salesmen yeah. and um, I don't know, plenty of words I can't think of off the top of my head, but I think that it is an accurate word. I think you are a natural influencer. You know, I see people with 80, 100,000 followers, kind of like you. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's pretty girl and they're, and it's just a bunch of guys there for the boobs. You know, and the, and the apps, <laughs> and they don't really care about what you're saying. Yeah. But you, on the other hand, have an actual influence to your following, um, which is amazing. You know, when you talk about all this stuff, shadow work and, um, you know, inner child work, we can get into that later. But um, people want to hear what you have to say and want to learn from you, which, you. by the way, is incredible. I mean, you're at 23 years old. Like, I was nothing like this at 23. <laughs> so it's amazing. But, but basically, my question is... Um, do you, do you find that to be like a lot of responsibility that people are listening to you and kind of looking for you for wisdom? 
I think it is a lot of responsibility and because it feels so fun and playful and I, it, my page started off as my personal page. So I've never represented a brand that I didn't authentically like just because I didn't mean to do this as a job. So when I started doing it, it was more like friends or people that I trusted. Um, it is definitely a lot of responsibility and I, that's come up often, especially um, recently in times where it's not necessarily the most appropriate time to be posting things that aren't related to pandemic or BLM. So in that, it was tricky of like, how do I show up for my community, but also how do I make a living, but also how do I remain authentic? Um, especially this past year, there was a time period. Um, the last few months, I have actually been making money and like feel very confident what I'm doing. But for a while, for a few months, um, I was not succeeding and it very much was like, well, am I going to have to accept a deal from a brand that I don't like mm. just to be able to pay my rent? And thankfully I never did that. Um, but there are those moments of like, that is what a lot of people are doing and presenting and putting out there. So I've been very grateful. I haven't had to do that. What do you think would happen if you did do that? Um, in our questionnaire that Taylor referenced, you kind of uh, alluded to this, but um, yeah, if you were talking about something that you didn't totally resonate with, um, what do you think would be the result of that? Um, I get very, very anxious and it absolutely shows when I started, um, like during all of the BLM stuff that was happening, I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon of you're posting this graphic, I'm going to post this graphic, you're posting this link to this, I'm going to do that. And then no matter what I would post, there's always one or two people who would respond and think I wasn't doing enough or doing it incorrectly. And it's because I wasn't living in my authenticity. And so I was being met with so much resistance and I felt like a shell of myself. And then I didn't, I wasn't doing brand deals. I wasn't really um, successful in anything I was doing because I wasn't being my authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. So I dealt a little bit with that backlash of the, the BLM stuff and, uh, uh, not, not on a huge scale and I don't have a following that you do, but, uh, it's damned if you do damned, if you don't, yeah. if I post nothing, people are going to be upset. You post one thing, you're not doing enough. Yeah. And it's, it is this whole thing about Instagram. You kind of create the narrative. It's like, you don't know that I'm not donating $10,000. Right. How do you know? Right. Or, you know, or I'm only going to, you know, maybe black owned shops, you know, since this all started, I've been intentionally going away. Like maybe just cause you're not posting about that doesn't mean you're not doing your part. Right. And also, even if you're not. Like that can be okay too. Yeah. And I felt like I was doing stuff, but it was so much of like, I need people to know I'm doing stuff so that I don't be viewed as a mm. bad person because I know I'm not a bad person, but these people mm. think I am. But yeah, I was doing stuff <clears throat> behind the scenes and like my friend Danielle and I started writing letters to people locked up for non-violent um, cannabis offenses and doing just like all this wonderful, wonderful things. But then I felt like but the way I was sharing and doing stuff made it seem as if I wasn't actually authentic. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. So off that vein, because, you know, you do have a, you do have a big following and I think we all fall into that. It's interesting. The three of us had a conversation and Matt and I have talked about a lot, um, you know, even 2020, right. I think there's this like group think idea where it's like someone posts, you know, a meme about 2020 being the worst year and you know, whatever. And so everyone else does. So, you know, the same with, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's like someone does that and you're like, you feel this like responsibility. And I'm curious, how do you handle, you know, you mentioned that you kind of fell into that a little bit, but how do you handle, you know, not doing that and staying authentic, especially with your following, right? Like I imagine there could be brands that you would um, be interested in working with 
and then maybe they they could it, it could be hard to not maybe do more of what they want and less of what you want. You know, how how do you handle that struggle? Um, I think that I've been lucky enough to work with people or have people find most of my clients are people who have found me. So I think that they're resonating with what I'm doing. And when I go see what they're doing, we're in agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's been helpful. I also had a lot of conversations with people when, uh, all of this was first happening with BLM because I literally felt so defeated and didn't know what to do. And I realized my part in everything that's happening isn't to be sharing these graphics and keep like flooding people with reasons to be afraid or reasons to be feeling this hatred. It was more like I'm going to lead by example and share more gratitude and more affirmations and like more things that provide some positivity in a time where so much of what we're dealing with is really hard and negative. Mm. Okay. So let's kind of, let's, let's go on that. Um, what are you doing now that does feel genuine to you? Uh, essentially, maybe not even, I don't love authentic because I don't even know if anyone knows what that means. But what I would rather ask is what makes you happy? And then and then showing that on Instagram and you mentioned the gratitude. So yep. yeah. yeah, that's the number one thing. Um, for the last five or so years, I've been sharing daily gratitude. I first learned about it in a positive psychology class in college, which was my all-time favorite class I've ever, ever taken. And then um, a partner that I was dating at the time, we would text each other through things we were grateful for every day. We broke up. And so I just like wanted to share that practice and have shared it on my story almost every single day. And that feeds me. Like, I don't even care what else is happening on Instagram. That is so wonderful. Um, And the messages and things I receive of people saying like, thank you, I needed to hear this today. Or thank you for giving me... um, Wow, I can't think of the word permission to mm. be happy in this moment mm. when I think that a lot of people want us to feed into this collective. Oh man, so. permission to be happy. <laughs> wow, what a what an interesting topic. You know, we have our podcast is called Modern Happiness. Mm-hmm. Matt and I did an app episode on happiness as a choice. And I love that. That's such an interesting concept because <clears throat> I think so many people, uh, yeah, they don't give themselves permission. And I love the way that you phrased that. So how has, um, you know, let's think about the difference before you got into this gratitude practice and now, what do you feel like the differences are? Um, It's so weird because since I've done it for so long, honestly, in this past year, I've realized the impact that it has had on my life because it was just a practice. It was just part of my life and I was doing it and it felt good. And some days were much easier than others. And then I have reflected on it, especially in conversations Um, over the last few months and I was like oh shit (laughs) that practice of consistent gratitude has allowed me to one literally manifest and bring in even more but two just like be able to survive things that are exceptionally hard um so I think it's absolutely been life-changing yeah I couldn't agree more I want to go back to what kind of let off this question this upsets me that we need permission to be happy and I know Taylor and I, you know, we talk all the time and we have these conversations. It's even the bo- body positivity mm-hmm. where at some points this can be, this can affect people negatively where at Taylor, I think it was you who had a client who was like, she was afraid to want a six pack because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be happy with her body, Yeah. but she also wants a six pack and that's okay. Yeah. And you know, why is it so you want to you know, toxic positivity. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say. Why 
why is it so bad to be so positive? I, I understand parts of this and we should, we talked about this on our first episode. Um, we should sit with our emotions. We should feel that, but I, you, maybe you can speak to it. Um, thoughts on pop toxic positivity. I think it, as with literally everything in life, it's all about balance. And I just posted about that today. And my friend Hallie posted about it yesterday. And the way she said it was really beautiful. Literally balance of um, not bypassing things by being like, oh, life is good. And I'm such in my bubble. But also not being like, wow, I need to sit and like muddle and feel this forever. And like let it consume me. It's like balance where... Yes, you sit and you feel those emotions, but you also recognize that at some point it's your choice whether or not... Oh, that's for our eye things. Uh, um, perfect. At some point, whether or not you want to stay living in that. And I can take them. And <laughs> you. You're welcome. Um, and it's sad, but a lot of people really... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking our eye or what are eye masks off. Yep. Our gold leaves. So um, it's us. sad, but a lot of people are comfortable in that sadness or anger or whatever that emotion is. And they don't, they've never been shown examples of how to be positive or how to sit with your emotions for a short period of time and then move through it. Um, so just balance, but yeah, it's really hard when we're living in a culture that is so like, let's feed into this, let's feed into this and let's pay attention to the news always. And, um, that's important, but also recognize you are living your own life too. And you can't let all these external circumstances dictate how you choose to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. How do we fix this? Savvy? Tell us how to fix this. I think Whoa. just leading by example, like yeah. just saying, hi, here's my life and being leading by example, but also being really vulnerable of not just like, hi, I'm happy 24 seven. Life is always good. Like, that's not true. That's not the case for anyone. But being like, hi, I just experienced X, Y, and Z and it was fucked up and I went through this and this is my process. But then I realized, wow, while this is happening, I also learned this lesson from it. Or like now I'm this much stronger because of it. So just vulnerability and yeah. being an example. I think that's the important part. Uh, again, we talked about this on our first episode, but just being a leader. And you don't sit there and cry. You're like, I went through all this and like cry with me. Yeah. Like, here's what I learned. Here's how it, I'm improving. Here's how I'm getting better. Yeah. I think that's the important part where, um, it's not, yeah, it's not just like, Oh, I don't want to be toxically positive. So I'm going to come on here and cry about my <laughs> awful day. And like, that's not good either. No. Now you're just feeding more into negativity. That's not good. So yeah, let's be open and honest, full communication. Um, and let's talk about how we're learning and we're growing yeah. and like, you can do this too. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> what makes positivity toxic? I just, I just really struggle with that term, you know. And I think it's it's people who maybe are unhappy where they're at, and they see other people who are <clears throat> who are happier, things are good, and they just assume that like those things just like came to them. Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing is, Matt and I believe that happiness is a choice, right? And that's why gratitude is so important because it's like you said, it's twofold. It's one. All it really does is enhance your awareness. The reason it's, you know, there's been a lot of research to show that gratitude will make you happier, practicing gratitude. And it's not because all of a sudden your life gets better. It's because you just become aware of how good your life is, yeah. right? Um, and then the second point, as you mentioned, is like it helps you become more resilient. Mm -hmm. 
when you realize how many good things there are when something bad happens, if, you know, uh, six months ago, it would have been uh, an eight out of 10, like the worst thing we would have had a breakdown. Well, now maybe it's a three out of 10 yeah. because you're like, oh, in the big grand scheme of things, this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, Sally, do you believe happiness is a choice? Absolutely. A thousand percent. I think a lot of people mistake conversations like this for thinking that um, when you're in a hard place, like you just smile and things are okay. But it's really like if you're in the worst circumstances possible, if you're choosing to show up for yourself and be like, oh my God, my dad just died. But also I can show up for my brother right now or my dad just died. But look at this community that just surrounded me because of it. And like choosing to find the good allows more of it to come in and it absolutely is a choice. And I think gratitude and even though this is like the most basic phrase ever, it's one of my favorites of just knowing everything happens for a reason. Because when you understand that life ebbs and flows and you know that it's not always going to be peak incredibleness, if that's mm-hmm. a word. But when you start going down, for me, it's helped me realize like when I'm in darkness or in a really hard place that I'm going to come back out of it if I choose to. And that when I come out of it, I'm going to be stronger, have learned a lesson, and that all happened for a reason. Holy shit. As you were saying that, I just realized I've been choosing happiness for a long time. When uh, when I was a freshman in high school, 2005, uh, our family's house burned down. I don't like to say burned down because it still stood, but whole house fire, everything's ruined. Um, And this is kind of twofold where I think, and we talked about this first episode, like, People need to sit and reflect a bit more and part of practicing gratitude. And that was so beneficial for me going two years, two years later, being a junior in college, having to write a college essay. It's like, cool. I have this unique story about the house fire and no one died. We lost possessions. We lost a house. And sure. I'm sure for my parents dealing with insurance and all that crap was terrible. I didn't have to deal with that as a 15 year old, but exactly that. I look what you said about maybe your dad dying. I could be here for my brother. Look at this community. That's what I wrote about my college essay. I was like, mm. it was just possessions. Look, I have my family. And look at all the whole town surrounded us with like, yeah. here are clothes. And like all the local store, the sports shop was like, come in. You know, my brother and I were baseball players. Come in, mm. um, get a new baseball glove, new bat, new baseball pants, all this stuff. And um, yeah, we just like, cool. We could sit there and be like, my house burned down. This is awful. Like, this is going to be awful for months, maybe a year or two years, where instead it's like, look, look at this community that showed up for me. And it's, it's so funny. I know, um, like Taylor, Taylor will laugh at this at, at some times, but I'm just like casually throw into a story like, yeah, my house burned down when I was 15, blah, blah, blah. And like, people are like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? I was actually going to, were you not like surprised? I feel like I saw it on your face. As you started telling the story, you're like, Oh my God. I was definitely a little surprised. Yeah. And I do the exact same thing. And for me, it's like, yeah, it's like, I uh, just like uh, throw out very traumatic things. Because they're the best thing yeah. for my family. Yeah. You know? And but let's that's choose not, to look but at that's it that not way. a normal way. I feel like that's also the concept of being a victim where mm. at some point you're choosing to be a victim. Like, yes, you were victimized. Maybe I'm not saying that right. You did mm. become a victim based on your circumstances, but at some point you choose whether or not you want to remain a victim yeah. or be like the hero of that story and like move through. I, Maybe not even a hero, but just like not a victim. Would you open? Would you be open to sharing a time when maybe something terrible happened to you and, oh God, and yes. you chose to look at it positively so and choose um, happiness? Let's <laughs> see. 
my parents' house in high school also caught fire. Oh, wow. And I was there. It didn't, like, it didn't fully burn, but it was terrifying. My brother and I were alone in the house. I couldn't get a hold of my parents, of course. And we had to, like, get all the animals out and oh, go God. to a neighbor's house. And it was really stressful. But then we got to stay in a hotel for a while. And I remember, yeah. like, finding some of my favorite music at that time. Um, my dad dying. That I feel like that almost wasn't even a choice because I shut down my emotions to show up for my family. So I don't know if I would count that. But now I look at it, and when I say that my dad committed suicide, people are always like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And my feeling and initial instinct is like, don't be. That made me more empathetic. That put me where I am today. Like, there is a reason that happened. It sucks, but there's a reason that happened. Um, Recently, I found out that a partner I dated um, was a serial rapist. And I had to take on, like, hundreds of women's stories and get in touch with the law and like figure out what to do with that and it was a really fucked up few weeks but it was only a few weeks that I like sat in that um and it just allowed me to have a higher capacity of understanding for these people who go through sexual assault um so there are a few <laughs> yeah heavy I'm not sweating but I'm yeah. sweating heavy but oh my uh yeah I just I don't know I feel like can we all just let that sink in? Like it, it's incredible. The, those few things you just mentioned and how, yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it actually can be good. Yeah. And like you said, you know, when I was telling my story, it's not a natural response. Yeah. This is the stuff that takes work. Yeah. And again, you said it before you've been practicing gratitude for five years and then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, yeah, I'm exactly. happier. My life is better. Like, yeah, it's working. And that's the repetition we need. And yeah, um, consistent practice of any kind is so yeah. crucial to it's, see any. It's difference. a muscle, and you got to work it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we? Uh, should we say three things for granted? <gasps> I would be so honored. Uh, yes. Um, Do you want to start, Taylor? Oh, let's go. Okay. <laughs> in uh, in the vein of this, I will say uh, I'll get specific too. Dude, what is that? What is the in the vein of this? You I said that twice. That. I've never heard you say it before. Don't worry about it. In the vein of this. We're in uh, the new. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me finish. My no, no. Bro, I just didn't utter uh, the same before. I like it. Let's go. Well, I probably trade. I need to trademark this. I just created it. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about, you know, things that, uh, so, so when I practice gratitude, one of my favorite things is what, what's like a failure or what's something that could be seen as negative that you're now grateful for. So I like to do that because in the moment it's hard to see it. And it's like this, uh, you know, math says a lot. When you don't get what you want, you get what you need, right? Mm. And so a lot of times when now, because I've been practicing this so long, I when bad things happen, I'm like, oh, cool. What am I learning? Yep. And that's not a normal thought, right? Mm-hmm. So I will say one thing, I'll, I'll get specific rather than like past failures is not making it as a college trained and conditioning coach, which part of that was my choice um, because now I'm doing what I'm doing. So I'm glad that that didn't work out jobs. I didn't get jobs that I wanted, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I'm grateful for the two of you and the friends that we have and all of my friends in Denver who inspire me, push me, challenge me. Um, and lastly, I will say fitness. I absolutely love fitness. I love being able to use my body and do, uh, all kinds of things like snowboard and go running and jump in a cold river. Hell yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. One big hell yeah for the for the team. Three, two, one. Hell yeah. Nice guys. Love it. Guttural. 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 <laughs> um, 
Matt? Cool. Should we go? Yeah, well, one deep one. Actually, I've been writing this. So I journal every morning, and whatever space I have left, say it's half a page, I'll do some affirmations, some mantras. And then with my last, I'll leave three lines at the end, and I'll end with three things I'm grateful for. Uh, one that I've done like literally the past three days is that I'm grateful for my hard days. And yeah, not to get like super deep, but oh, look at me. But, uh, but I am, because like yeah. you said, it makes you better and it's teaching me to grow. And yeah, what, you know, what is this teaching me? So grateful for my, for my hard days. Uh, I'm grateful for my community, you guys, not the copy tailor, but it's just, again, this has been a big intention of mine for the new year. Community lifts me up. I'm an extrovert. I, I feed off it. I love it. Um, so yeah, grateful for my community and I'm grateful for water. Oh, nice. It's delicious. <laughs> Oh my God. You never wake up like just so thirsty yes, all the time. and you just chug some water. You're like, <laughs> love it. Shout out to J Lou 22. If you're listening here, <laughs> just drink your water. What's drink your water. Favorite? Wow. Oh, it's hard to pick right now. Um, number one, pretty much always community. Honestly, yeah. I am so grateful for you too. Every time we've interacted and had conversations, I feel like we go into the go into it with the intention of like an hour or two coffee meeting and it turns into like, oh shit, that was an entire day. Mm -hmm. And like I feel so full and nourished from it because I've missed learning and my favorite parts of college were being in my upper level psychology classes where we really just like deep dived and had such an incredible discourse. And I really, really love communicating with you guys and um all my community. I am so spoiled with people. I don't even understand, but I just meet the nicest, the most incredible, most intrigued, just like phenomenal, phenomenal humans. And I feel so loved and so grateful to love all of these people. Um, two is music. It absolutely is, aside from people, my number one favorite thing in the whole world. Um, I think it literally creates a movie for your life. You can change any scenario based on what music you're playing. That's well said. Savvy, I have like 200 new songs <laughs> in my Spotify because of how much music you share. Hell yeah. And then we'll text each other like, mm, you're like this. Like, oh. I love it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, And three, oof. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down. I've got a fourth after this. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, Part of me wants to say water, but being in water, I feel like I'm such a oh, water creature ooh. that that's where I'm like most comfortable. A water creature born and raised in Colorado. Born and raised in <laughs> <laughs> Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so showers are like my oof. Oh, yeah. Oh, Should yeah. we get a jump in a cold river after this? Or? Yeah. I haven't done cold exposure in a long time. Mm. That would well, be Clear Creek River is about 31 degrees right now. So. Holy shit. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I might be down. What's your fourth favorite? Oh, man, that laugh. Do you guys hear that? Oh, that's just, laugh. She has the greatest laugh of anyone I know. We. What? We were at uh, Improper City the, a couple days ago, and I was on a call when I think her and our friend Shannon came up, and then I came over mad, and he's like, yeah, they showed up, blah, 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 and then I just kept hearing it, and I was like, savvy? Yeah. You can't, you can't help but feel joy. Oh my God, we were meeting at Central Market one time, and I'm like, all right, we're savvy, and then all of a sudden, I just hear the laugh, and I'm like, got her, and she's obviously making, talking to people, savvy. meeting to people. Queen <laughs> of community. Yeah. Thank you guys. What's wow. Did you have uh, one more gratitude or was that? Is that it, was, is that it was the last? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, okay, hugs, sweet. hugs. All right. Wow. I think we're going to take a quick break. We're going to put face masks <gasps> on. That's the next step. Washa. Are we going to washa? We're going to washa. We'll have to explain that when we get back. We're going to take a little break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Oh. BRB.
We're back. I know where I want to start. Okay, Sammy. Let's do it. Guys, we're, well, I mean, we're back. We just, say it again. Bushad and just, Jade rolled. We just rolled marble, cold marble on our faces with avocado oil. Yes. How um, do you feel? I feel fantastic. I feel amazing. Good. And that feels Tremendous. fantastic no matter what. So, hard to bring me down. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, actually, I timed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We just don't, we just don't have a... Crushed it. Um, I just wanted to say that one of my gratitude things that I wanted to add, but felt like I needed to share the other three, is Taylor's Birkenstocks. Mm. Oh, baby. They really bring me back to a time of Jewish summer camp when I was in Hungary, so... Jewish, Jewish summer camp. Wow, we yeah, could, we could yeah. go so far deep, and maybe we'll circle that, back. That was actually a traumatic experience oh, for me. okay. They did not have money to afford Birkenstocks. I was like the only little mm. Jewish kid there. Also, a very traumatic thing happened, but I don't know if it's podcast appropriate. Everything's appropriate. Uh, and just so everyone knows, Taylor's got... Socks on with his Birkenstocks. True, 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 we'll true, probably true. Yeah, throw up a photo of that. It's a, it's definitely a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Birks and socks. I'm, yeah, I'm about ninety percent there. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold. It looks yeah. great. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are back. Uh, all right, I'll start, Matt, and then we'll see if if we're on the same page. That we are. We're gonna get everywhere, anyways. Um, so I had some great conversation with Savvy. We talked a little bit about uh, her being an influencer, right? She's got a big social media following. Um, we didn't really talk about, you know, what you do on social media and what kind of influence you are. And, you know, one thing I would love to talk about, and I know you would love to talk about is taboo topics. This is, oh, oh for the- Big fist. Oh, wow, okay. You just got eight fist bumps. <laughs> yeah, Sammy just went fist bump, fist bump, fist bump, fist bump. That was incredible. Uh, so much hype. If you think Matt was high, is high energy, that was incredible. I felt um, it. I felt it deep down in my plums. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means, but that's deep. If you know, if you, know you know. That is deep, if you're not sure. Um, so yeah, taboo topics. This is something, just to kind of preface, because I do know Savvy a little bit. This is something she loves talking about. This is something she's open about. This is, you know, part of what she does on social media. And this is also, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, not not something she always was okay with, right? It's, it's kind of been a journey and yeah. might even tie into Jewish summer camp. Whoa. Um, oh, wow. Kind of, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Where yeah. We're so let's, uh, so, okay, to dive in. Talking about taboo topics, first of all, like, what do you consider taboo? Why is it taboo? Um, and then what are those, some of those things? Um, I think for taboo, to me, that's anything, like, kind of counterculture or just not necessarily the most commonplace discussion. So typically what my main realms are talking about psychedelics, cannabis, and then sexuality. Sex, sex, sex. Sex. We love it. We love it so much. <laughs> That's why Matt and I get along so well, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, sure. <laughs> that's where my head is all the time. I am horny everywhere I went. It's a life mantra. Yeah, horny, let's go. My top three favorite words. <laughs> um, yeah, my... Very interestingly enough, I grew up with a very hippie mom who now works in the cannabis industry, has done psychedelics her whole life, like... She is a very free spirit, but growing up, I didn't really pick up on that. And I adopted an identity of being a perfect child. Um, as I was going through a traumatic childhood, I went the exact opposite route of my younger brother. He went the route of like drugs and sex early and like acting out. And I went like 
oh, is this what society says is acceptable? I will absolutely mold myself to be in that box. And if I have any other urges or thoughts, I will avoid them at all costs. Um, and then I found myself in a relationship for three years that really reinforced that, um, like negative stigma, especially surrounding sex. And then when I got out of that relationship, I entered into an open relationship for the first time. I acknowledged that I actually am interested in women, that it is okay for women to express their sexuality. Um, and this is all stuff that like literally two years ago was so uncomfortable to me that I never was open about. And that's why I fucking love talking about it on social media because I understand it's uncomfortable and another way to be an example of just like, hi, I did not grow up this free spirited, but this feels so good now. And it's okay for you to explore in these realms. Um, same with psychedelics. I even cannabis when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, these kids are smoking weed. Like they're so bad. And now I'm like, I smoke every day pretty much. And psychedelics are so mind expanding and conscious and absolutely potent and wonderful. Um, so I've done like a 360 change on my viewpoints of that mm. yeah this is so or 180 i guess 360 would put me yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got you we got you uh this is so fascinating to to go back to what we talked about earlier and, and happiness and again i love what you said and i'm still i'm going to be unpacking that for a couple weeks of giving yourself permission to just be happy and choose happiness Although what we're diving into now, taboo topics, sex, drugs, those sort of things may seem uh, on the di completely different side of the spectrum, it could fall just in line with happiness, right? It's like, what were you told growing up? How should you live your life? And, uh, you know, the, the older I am, uh, because you and I have kind of a, a similar background of growing up, being a little more around the rigid religious background and kind of like these expectations of how you live your life. You know, you don't do these things. And, and I know you and I have talked before of like, I kind of had a similar perception when I was really young of like, you know, even just like cannabis and marijuana. And it's like, Oh, if you do that, you're a bad person. And that yeah. is the farthest thing from the, the truth. And really, I think it's this idea of unlearning and Oof. just asking, Oof, unlearning, unlearning, uh, yeah, we will we will dive into that. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, this part of the, part of why I wanted to bring up taboo talk topics is like the question I want you as a listener to think about, and, and savvy is going to be great to talk on these topics. Is why do you b believe what you believe? Whatever, and I mean, this could go as far as BLM and politics and all these things. Is is really the question? Is why do you believe that? And why are you doing the things that you're doing? And and what goes behind that? which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so often we don't even allow ourselves to question, like, is that part of my identity? Is that a true core value or moral that I actually withhold? Or is that just something that has been so programmed in me that it feels like that has to be my truth when it's not actually the case? Um, and so much of it is, like, societal standards and religion is really heavy. I just talked with two people who... Um, separately had the same experience where in their Catholic school, the, um, their sex talk, sex was compared to, or losing vir their virginity was compared to being a chewed up piece of gum. Mm, and when I wow. heard that from two separate people, I was That's like, fucked. holy shit, that feels bad <laughs> as a kid. Like yeah. hearing that you feel gross and used and shameful and that's the problem is that all of these things have been identified as shameful. And so you're meant to feel shame. And that is such one of the most powerful emotions, I think. 
Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting about that, uh, from my experience, a lot of, you know, I grew up, uh, going to a Christian high school. And so there's like a lot of these rules and like, don't do this because it's bad and all this stuff. And then, you know, as I get older and I learn more, it was a lot of do as I say, not as I do. So it wasn't even that they necessarily believed that, you know, coming from the religious background, it was like, oh no, you shouldn't do that. Like I, I did those things and you know, whatever. Um, and yeah, shame is, is such a powerful thing. Hugely impactful emotion. Yeah, you guys are looking at me. I don't know. I came from a different, a different, you know, not childhood, but like, uh, well, yeah, I guess upbringing. all of it. Yeah, upbringing. The whole thing was, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I think even just like I remember one day coming home. My brother is a year older than me, uh, senior year of high school, and we were at the same party that night. He got home before me, uh, whoever his designated driver was. He got home before me. And I walk into the house and he's kind of, he's kind of on the couch, probably eating some food, you know, drunk munchies <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, what's up, dude? Uh, he's like, Hey man, he's like, I told mom that we were at the same party and that we drink and like, whatever. And I'm like, dude, you dick. Like, You're going off to college. I have another year here. I'm going to be like grounded. I'm going to be yelled at. Like I'm going to be under close watch. And it wasn't like that at all. And you know, my mom, or I don't remember her really bringing it up at all. And ended up being like, our house was like, even when our parents were home, like my friends would come over, you know, four or five of us. And we would drink in the basement. She's like, I'd rather you drink in the basement than go to a party and hide it. And then one of you drinks and drives. And it's like, right. at least you're here and I can watch you. Right. You're going to drink no matter what. So just that being kind of one example, um, uh, as far as just like kind of the it's not like my mom sat me down and like, we never had a sex talk or, or my dad or whatever. We never had a sex talk. We never really like sat down and talked about it. It was just like, it was just kind of open and yeah. it was kind of okay. Where maybe, you know, people have this thing where it's like, you can't drink, you can't smoke. So then the kid wants to do it more. Yeah. And I never had that. And, and maybe part of me too, just like being afraid to get yelled at or, or something. Um, but yeah. And then I remember like kind of the same way it happened with smoking weed coming back from college. And I think it was like, maybe it was, uh, like 20, uh, yeah, 2009, 2010. So I was maybe freshman or sophomore in college, uh, coming home for my mom's birthday in the summer, or we were home uh, in, in August. And uh, we're out on our porch. It's me, my dad, mom, and brother, and we're doing gifts for my mom. And then something, I, maybe my dad gave my mom like a bowl, you know, a nice bowl for like the centerpiece or something. And I'm like, speaking of bowls, <laughs> You guys want to smoke some weed? And like, it was always kind of like, yeah, we know Matt and Adam smoke. My brother Adam. It's like, we know they smoke. We don't really talk about it. And this was like the first time I was like, I just said it. And nobody was like, you know, how dare you? Whatever. It's like, my mom's like, okay, yeah, let's try it. You know, we got high together. And she, she got the giggles and then she got kind of, you know, uh, anxious or whatever. And, but it was just a fun experience. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like I've never had to hide any of this stuff. And I think and that's, that's so, nice. so wonderful. And I have been asked often if I want children. Thank you. Um, I was holding in a sneeze. It was so bright. I was thinking. <laughs> nice. I was about to take a picture. Oh. Um, but I have been asked often recently for some reason if I want children. And it's way too hard to say at this point in my life because me, for me, a week ago is so wildly different that there's no way I could uh, depict future me. But I do think I would want to adopt at least a couple. Um, but I want to have children only after I've unlearned a lot of patterns and things. And 
I want to replicate relationships like that where it is open and a safe and comfortable space. Um, I think that's so beautiful. And I have that now with my mom. Um, the first time I took mushrooms, I was supposed to go to family barbecue and I didn't realize the time commitment I was making. And I took them and then I thought I was going to have a really bad trip because I had to text my mom and tell her I wasn't coming home for the barbecue because there's no way I could be around my stepdad and pretend to be sober. <laughs> Um, and she just texted and was like, okay, totally fine. Love you. Please make sure you go play in the woods. And I was like, oh, wow. And from there we had like (laughs) very open dialogue. Um, but I placed a lot of those stigmas on myself. Like no one even imparted them on me. I was just like, oh, socially. Okay. This doesn't seem good. I'm going to act in that. Yeah. Can I say just before we continue, I just want to... Taylor, and you say it so well, so I want you to answer this. What the hell is unlearning? Mm. Uh, There's a favorite quote of mine. Uh, It's from Anat Perry, so I'll give her credit. Uh, It's not who you are, it's what you learned. And if you learned it, you can unlearn it. And so many people wrap up their identity in things that they learned. From uh, childhood, parents, family, teachers, friends, you know. They believe they have, and a lot of times it results in limiting beliefs. And I know Savvy and I have talked about, it and I'm, we're likely going to get a giggle when I say this. Uh, but inner child work, yep. You know, talking about like <laughs> under the age of eight, there's like a lot of research, and I I only know a surface level knowledge about this, but like uh, a lot of what happens around the age of eight and just before really like sets the precedent for the rest of your life. What you believe about things. So like you know, you look at some people who maybe had a really traumatic childhood and. Um, whether it's their family environment or like things that happened, you know, that sticks with them and they don't realize it, but these beliefs, these limiting beliefs, like direct their lives for the rest of that. And so, you know, ultimately for everyone, it's like, you know, and I I talked to people, man, I talked to someone, uh, yesterday and they were like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, I was actually on a potential sales call for a client and we ended up talking about, um, like a mentorship. They want to get into online coaching, which is something that I do. And, you know, I talked a little bit about, I briefly mentioned social media and they were like, Oh, I'm just not the type of person who, you know, gets on their story and is like outgoing and whatever. And like, first of all, we can't even have a conversation yet. I have, there's a lot of other things, but it's like, no, she's, it's not that she's not the type of person. It's just, she hasn't put the reps in yet. She hasn't, you know? And I was like, man, that's a limiting belief. Like anybody can, you can choose to be whatever you want. Um, See, so, yeah, I don't know if you had anything else. No, I think that's great. Also, it's 420. Do you need a smoke Woo! break or? <laughs> no, but, okay. I, didn't <laughs> no. but I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, you also mentioned you're like, I, uh, I smoke almost every day. Is it almost every day or is it every day? It's almost every day. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. When do you not smoke? Just randomly. Like today, I don't, it's not like I'm on a schedule. It's just sometimes yeah, I put yeah, it on yeah, and yeah, of course. So today, just didn't do it. Um, but maybe it will tonight. I don't know. Yeah. The day's not over. The day's not over. Um, um, but I do want to talk about unlearning because that is one of the most important topics that has ever come into my awareness. Ever, ever, ever. I agree. And I feel like the last two years, more than it's been learning, it's been unlearning and shedding preconceived ideas of who I was and limiting beliefs and all of that. And that's a lot of what inner child work and mirror work has done for me. Um, and it's been life changing. It's just like, even to what I wear, like, what was I wearing? Did that feel authentically me or was I just fitting into whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now everything I do, I'm like, Oh, that feels good because that's true to what I want. That's the piece I want to take from this. Um, unlearning is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Taylor, Taylor taught me that. And um, 
even just hearing that statement, uh, actually I've mentioned this, I don't know, a lot because it really resonated where, uh, I think it was a Jay Shetty video on his Instagram or whatever that was like, you're born into a cult, mm-hmm. a cult of your parents' beliefs. And they did their best, yeah. but they also didn't know, but yeah. they put onto you what they believed or just by you being a kid and seeing, watching them react to situations or how they handled stress is how you're going to handle stress because yeah. that's what you've learned. And we love our parents, but you know, they, they don't know what they're doing. They didn't know what they were doing. They're doing their best, but they didn't know. No one has this all figured out. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, they've learned it from their parents and you know, their parent or grandparents went through the great depression. And so they have beliefs that they put on our parents and then it just trickles down and we're all trying to evolve and do our best. Um, and that's where it takes kind of this ownership as an adult to be like, you know, again, what do I really believe? What really makes me happy? Is it the nine to five retire at 60? If it is then awesome, do that, crush it. But if it's not, let's figure out what really makes you happy. And that's the unlearning where it's like, it, you know, it's not the one way that you learned in your childhood or, uh, it's not that weed is bad, you know, or, I don't say weed, right? Cannabis. Cannabis. Yeah, <laughs> so that's sorry. an important distinction. Yeah. Uh, what is the distinction there? Yeah. Um, well, there's such a stigma around cannabis. And when you hear the word pot or marijuana or weed, I automatically and a lot of people revert to that stoner stigma versus cannabis is more the like proper actual term and it holds more value. Words are so fucking important. And can- oh, Ooh, say that again. Oh, 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 oh man. Words are so important. Oh, oh we're, breaking, we're breaking the microphone over here. Jesus. Oh, man. Let's get guttural. Oh, sorry that. if that broke your ears, everyone. You know, Savvy's talking dirty to me over here. Words are I'm the language guy. Sorry, what did you just say? Words are so important. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Hit it, Taylor. Taylor's dying. Yeah, oh, man. Let's go. Right. I'm about to take over on the mic here. Uh, yeah, language, man. Yeah, I'll give you How? a beat, and then you just get out of it. Yeah, you know, Eminem right here. Mom yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti on my spaghetti with extra spaghetti. <laughs> Meatball spaghetti. Uh, man, yeah, language. It, it isn't it amazing. I mean, even even from my environment. And that's what's so cool about us talking is we all came from different places. And I definitely grew up, I grew up in Florida, not really the South, but like a lot of Southern culture, very conservative. Um, And even just hearing the word cannabis and then hearing like weed or, you know, other terms, it's like amazing how differently you think about that. And it's wild because it's the same thing. And that just goes to show that, that, you know, words matter, language matters. and then, yeah, what, what you're told and we could all three be told the same thing or sorry, be told something different about the same thing. And then that directs the way that we live our lives, you know? And, um, it's interesting because, you know, talking back on, on like psychedelics, for example, like that's something my whole life that, you know, partly it being illegal. So you just assume, yeah. you assume as yeah. a kid, the government has the best interest yeah. at heart for you. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's funny because I actually, yeah. when I first got open to this idea, because I do life coaching, I do mindset work. I, you know, a lot of this, you know, a lot of what I do story work, you may, you may consider like therapy. I will 
blatantly say I'm not like a certified therapist. I don't have that education. But it is absolutely in that realm. Yeah, it, it's in that realm. And, and ironically, a, uh, a mentor of mine who started as a, a fitness coach, a gym owner, did podcasts and he delved deeper in that work. So I started being curious and I started learning about it. And then just realizing like, wow, there's power to this. Like you go to like South America and other countries and like, this is a, a natural process mm-hmm. and how they practice things. And for some reason here in America, we just assume that, uh, oh no, that's illegal. It's wrong. Yep. And it's, it's not that, that black and white, you know? And I know Savvy, like some things that you want to do long-term is like, there's a lot of healing and, and even the work that I do that could potentially be sped up through, you know, some of these plant, plant medicine is now like, how different does that sound? If I say plant medicine versus drugs, yep. huge difference. And, um, yeah, I eventually would love to do psychedelic assisted therapy. I think when you have proper set setting and intention, it is absolutely one of the most powerful tools and same thing. Um, the government says that it's illegal. So in my head growing up, I was like, oh, ah! people who do that are bad yeah. and it's illegal because it's illegal because it's <laughs> uh-huh. a conscious opening drug and if we are consuming cannabis or psychedelics all of a sudden a lot of people are realizing oh we don't love what the government is doing and big pharma and these corporations that have so much at stake for keeping us not as conscious as we can be controlled, um, controlled yeah. yeah and oh my gosh what was I going to say? I don't know. Never mind. I can't help you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I do know. I do know. Yeah. Um, even though I'm a huge advocate for psychedelics, I still am working through that stigma. I realize that every time I trip, I can't be around other people, strangers. Um, because if I do, then I like come back out. I can't fully surrender to the trip because I'm still concerned that those people are going to see me as being a bad person. Um, so that's something that multiple times when I've taken psychedelics, especially LSD, um, it's shown me like, Oh, Hey, this is still triggering to you. This is still Mm. something you're unlearning. Yeah. I mean, unlearning is, it's not easy. It's not like, I would even say, you know, there's things where I grew up, like you, you drive to a certain part of town. And as much as I like want to believe that I don't have these, it's like, I might react a certain way based yeah. on like, you know, a person and the way they're dressed versus like, if I'm a different part of town and someone's dressed differently, you know? Yeah. And it's like, those are things that you learned and it's not easy to just shed that. Yeah. It's very hard. But again, it comes back to awareness. I think it's easier to learn than it is to learn. Mm. That, that's interesting. That's really, really good. Yeah. Probably it's something to do with just being young. And being, I guess our brains are more... We're sponges. Yeah, sponges are more malleable at that point. And, um, yeah, well, and I would say if it's, if it's something that's learned, like truly learned, it's at the subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So you don't, you don't think about it. You react that way. Yeah. You know, we, we all know people who it's like, you know, anytime they do something, it's just like they, maybe they get defensive. Mm-hmm. You say something and it's like, whoa, 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 why are you? Because their environment is when people say that certain thing. That, you know, that person is attacking them, even though you may say something out of love. And it's like, um, yeah, that, that's, I'm, I'm going to have to chew on that. Savvy's dropping bombs, people. <laughs> Man, bombs. Well, psychologically, it's so hard to unlearn because it is unconscious and your brain after a certain period of time literally creates patterns. And then it's so hard to shed those patterns and to rewire and create something different. So it's, it's way harder to unlearn, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I actually teach this part of my course where it's like 
you need get the reps in, right? You need the repetition and it needs to be kind of intense. And I work with a lot of personal trainers where it's like, you imagine someone comes in, they've never worked out before. And you try, you know, you're kind of getting even a little bit more deeper into fitness, right? And yeah. probably doing things you haven't done. Um, we don't naturally even realize, know how to squat properly, say, for instance. Yeah. So if someone comes in and, and you're trying to teach them how to squat, well, guess what? They've squatted by sitting down, sitting on the toilet, whatever it is, 100,000 times in their life. And now you're trying to teach them how to squat better. It's not going to take one rep, one cue, hey, do this, get your chest up, knees out, all that, all that stuff, you know, the personal trainers know. Yeah. Um, it needs to be, guess what? You had 100,000 reps. Now we need to do 200,000 to fix you. Not, not that anyone needs fixing, but you know, you know what I mean by that. Like, yeah, it takes that. And like we were talking about with the gratitude, it takes those reps every day, three things I'm grateful for. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, five years later, look oh how much this has changed me. Yeah. 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 Okay, Sammy. So if we talk about any of these taboo topics, sex, drugs, you know, any of the things, what is, you know, someone listening, what is a way that they can try to unlearn this like misconception and just, you know, start that process of being more open and learning more. Like what's something that's maybe worked for you or how you would suggest someone go about that? Ooh, I think asking questions is a huge part of it and just being like, why, why do I feel this mm. way? When did this come about? Are there examples that come to mind when I'm writing? Writing has been hugely instrumental for me. It's a form of therapy because your thoughts get so muddled in your head. And when you're writing, a lot of times, just like in therapy, what you say, you realize isn't even true or how you actually feel. It's just been circulating in your head. Mm -hmm. So asking why is a good question. Um, mirror work has been huge for a lot of reasons. It's really like a huge self-love tool. Um, Can you define that? Please, yeah. Is that just looking at the mirror and screaming at yourself or what's <laughs> happening there? It could be. Um, I, this year, discovered mirror work and it has been really hard and really beautiful and I cry the majority of the time and that is a huge time where I do love to implement cannabis um, and it's really just like the most intimate moment you can have with yourself um, you just like stare yourself in the eye very intense I mean not intensely but I feel it, it gets intense um, and at some point you just connect and I feel like for me growing up I have a hard time even when I do gratitude and affirmations I like to look in the mirror because sometimes I have a hard time actually thinking it's me, which is weird, or like feeling like it's going to latch on to me or my life. Um, so I do gratitude and affirmations in the mirror, or I just sit and I'm like, hi, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you over and over and over. And that self-love like wraps you in comfort to allow you to do something uncomfortable, which is getting rid of stuff that has been your safety or like your personality or lifestyle. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Like, I don't know. Okay. So interesting. You know, going back to the language, the story work, you, you mentioned telling yourself love, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know affirmations are big for you. How has that impacted your life and, and helped change the way you think? Yeah, affirmations have been huge. I had never really gotten into them until, um, well, I have zero concept of time, sometime in the last year. Um, and the easiest way to actually bring an affirmation to life is to be in a state of gratitude so i always practice gratitude and then i hold on to what that emotion feels like and then to make an affirmation work you read the affirmation as if you already have that as if that's already your life and so the easiest way to do that is to feel grateful for it and to feel grateful you have it so i get in that headspace first and then i read it over and over and over until i'm like oh yeah i have that like that's my life do you have um, an example oof 
Um, this year has been a lot about financial security. Taylor helped me out with that. Mirror work, inner child work helps me an extraordinary amount. Um, just sitting and being like, I am so grateful for the financial abundance and security that I have created for myself. Um, or one that keeps falling out of my notebooks is just like, my life is overflowing with love. Um, it can be really specific. It can be more vague, but, um, being in a state of gratitude is key. Yeah. So I think it's tough. Um, Talk, kind of talking about that toxic positivity where it's like, how do you tell yourself that, you know, I'm abundant with money or mm-hmm. I am happy with myself when you're not, yep. when you don't say I'm making two grand a month, yep. you know, how do you tell yourself, how do you become that person? That was so hard for me. And that's why I was really apprehensive to even start it. A partner introduced it to me and showed me his affirmations. And I literally remember asking him, I was like, if I don't feel like I have money, I'm struggling. I feel in like a huge lack mindset. How am I going to sit here and say, I have full financial security. I was like, is it going to work? Is it worth my time? I'm in such a resistance phase. Like this doesn't make sense to me. And I just got into gratitude and I tried and I tried and I tried over and over and over. And at some point it clicked and you can start with easier ones where it's like, um, it's recommended to start with small things to like boost your confidence and be like, I want this to happen. Or like, I feel myself receiving this. And then all of a sudden, if it's something really attainable, it comes. And even if it wasn't really you, you still feel like, Oh, okay. Maybe I can do this. So it's just same thing. Reps. Like, give me something. Give me an example. Give me, give me a small Um, example. Someone told me that they were like, Oh, I really hope that I receive like a token of love this week. Hmm. And then someone came home and brought them roses or something that wasn't super common, but they felt whether or not it was directly related to that. It's just like that boost of like, Oh, they can do this. Yes. This, this goes back to words matter. Language is so important. And so the thing is, that's why the conversations you have as a kid and with family and what, what people say to you is imprinted. And so this is, this is awesome because a lot of the work I do is mantras affirmations and it's, it's really about identity work. So you create a mantra or an affirmation uh, to support you in your goal. So it's an I am statement about who you want to become. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of people, it's super normal. So when it, when it comes to mindset, most people think that uh, what you think matters. And, you know, so they're just like, oh, think happy thoughts or think positively. And that's only part of the equation. It's actually the words you use have the biggest impact on what you think. Mm-hmm. So then this is super common, right? So if you're like, um, money flows to me effortlessly. Yeah, that's actually one of mine. Let's go. <laughs> me too. This right. is this morning. And yeah, morning. or one of my favorites, I'm a money magnet. Oh, yeah, that is also one of oh, mine. Oh, mine is I'm a babe magnet. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to touch, touch on that, yeah. So if I'm a money magnet, right, at first, you might feel in survival and you're like, I'm not making that much money. Yeah. And the point is, keep saying it. Yeah. Because if you say it enough, then you believe it. And once you believe it, then you become it. Yep. And then the abundance oh, yeah. flows to your life, right? Oh, yeah. I am statements are so key in affirmations. Yeah. And in life. So that's, you know, it'll change your life. Yeah. Matt over here is a babe magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am the I women. Say, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, the yeah. women <laughs> just flocked on. How many you got? Like sixty nine unread <laughs> matches <laughs> on hinge right now. Hinge, hinge is off. Is hinge your go to dating app? Yeah, I found that to be the best one. I, I have wasn't finding much success with Bumble, which is where the girl is makes it? first contact, okay. and it's like okay. this, is just, this just takes too long. <laughs> and where hinge, there's also like this. What's up with this, Savvy? Where on this Hinge, is a great segue. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about girls. Okay. On Hinge, Fuck yeah. <laughs> typically girls 
We'll just like your photo. I'll like your prompts. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with Hinge. Yeah, Anyone out there? Like the more detail. You kind of, you kind of like, you have to post three. You have to post three photos, and you have to have three kind of prompts. So it's like, you know, dating me looks like whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, don't date me if you da da da. Like hate dogs murder. Um, I don't like that question for some reason. Whenever I saw profiles like that, where it's like, if you do this, don't. Yeah. Do I'm like, fuck yeah. you. I don't want. Yeah. Not yeah. Fuck you, but like, I don't do I'm that. But I still. What if I wanted to? Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh, that's negative. But right also, off the bat. Like, yeah, that's how you're just gonna judge someone. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Sorry. Uh, typically, the, the I found most girls will just like the prompt or like the photo. Mm-hmm. Then it's the guy's responsibility to come up with something clever to say. And if it's not clever enough, you probably might not get a response. Or maybe that's just a story I'm telling myself. Mm. But I get so to it. I get so <laughs> yeah. I get so pumped when a girl actually says something to one of my photos. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. Like, thank you. And um, yeah, so is that a story I'm telling myself? Or as a guy, I feel like, yeah, I have to come up with something clever. And having said that, I've I've also heard some some uh, horror stories of guys who just Apparently, don't know how to have a normal conversation with a girl, and Ugh. it's kind of like the cat calling. Like, I'm, I'm shocked. What, what you mean? In, yeah. No, I'm shocked that like cat calling is a real thing. Like, Absolutely. guys, when has that ever worked for you? Never. And it's so disrespectful. And anyway, but like some of these things, I'm like, yeah, God, so I feel like some guys don't know how to have a conversation. And yeah. Anyway, whew, okay, I'm true. unloading now. Very but, true. Uh, Do it. Yeah, I let's hear it. Everything you said. Respond to whatever you want. Um, I just said. I have very limited interactions with dating sites. Yeah. But I do. Because you're the queen of community. Could, yeah. yeah. You don't need them. Um, it could be a story partially, but I have also noticed that where even when I was on it, I expected them to put in the effort. I was mm. like, I don't. I'm not that invested in this to be. Maybe and maybe that's it. Is that I wasn't invested to begin with. So I really. I only went on one date and it was a Tinder date and he took me to a speakeasy that had the same management as the restaurant I worked at and he introduced me to everyone as if I didn't know them and then we hooked up and he was one of the hottest people ever but I didn't like to hear him speak and this was the douchiest moment of my life where I still slept with him but then like went to bed I didn't want to hear him talk (laughs) and then the next day he like dropped me off at work and then he texted me like an hour or two later and he's like so what are we everyone is asking about us I said you're my girlfriend all the stuff and I was like we went into this you know I just broke up with someone this was purely sexual and he's like oh my god you used me and then I could never go to the speaking easy again but Savvy, you can use me if you want <laughs> <laughs> thank you Matt thank you I know I was like what's up dude you're weird but um I think that I did realize I wanted a lot of effort and I also would I was the worst like dating app person I would go on just to like people watch virtually and match but then like never carry on the conversation or every time I got to the point of actually meeting up I would stop talking to them mm. actually um, what you're really doing is trying to get that um that boost of uh dopamine oh I look at all the people liking me i thought that's true i thought you were gonna say followers because for a while i did have a tinder profile and all i had was my instagram bio and i gained a lot of followers from it and it's actually a marketing tool what's up there you go yep yep you know i just said i was gonna get off the online dating but maybe i could grow my following (laughs) hell yeah yeah i think it uh it works differently for girls for sure (laughs) for sure okay so we're on this topic i'm gonna ask some some questions here i have this is also interesting we talked earlier about you know, 2020, worst year, all these things. Uh, I've actually been on more dates since May than I have in the past five years just by trying. Hell yeah. By, you know, making choices. I'm curious. You So you go, you you get to the point, you go on a date. What is your expectation with uh, when the check comes? Oh, yes, yes. That's such Hot an topic. interesting question. I feel <laughs> like 
we're more modern than in previous days. And I always am like, I will offer to pay, but it mm. always does still feel better, especially first day if they offer to pay. I will always chip in. And like, even in partnerships, like the one I'm in right now, like it's maybe it's not 50 50, but it feels that way. Like, I will always offer because we're both experiencing this. I don't, it feels medieval to expect the man to always pay for things. But I do have a lot of friends in my life who still expect that. Um, but first day, I feel like I would be more. I would feel more like there's the potential for them to be a gentleman if they instinctively offer to pick up the check first. Yeah, this is so interesting. I've had all the spectrums, but there have been a couple girls where it's like uh, one girl in particular who didn't offer at all. The check ended up, we got a bunch of drinks, ended up being like 120 bucks. And it started raining. We were sitting outside. It was during the summer. And she didn't offer to pay at all. But then she was like, she did make a point to be like, oh, did they grab your card? So she was aware <laughs> that the check came, um, which I thought was really fascinating. And then yeah, I she's like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. It, yeah. Ended up later, she actually texted me and I wasn't that interested. Um, but then, then I've had girls where like, yeah, I don't know. I grew up like in the South. So I'm kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't mind paying. But yeah, my, what I would like is at least an offer. You know, if I start putting it down and, and if, and a girl's like, oh, I can split it. And then if I'm like, no, that's okay. Then like, cool. You know, yeah. but I've had a few where like, there's been no offer and it, it felt like an expectation. I was just kind of blown away. I have a few friends and I would call it loosely use the term friends. I have a few female acquaintances in my life who absolutely would be pissed if they had to pay. They would never offer even. Um, I love it. I don't know if it's just because it's like Mm. kind of a power move, but I love like getting coffee and we're there and I just like slide the person my card without them even knowing. And it's like, oh, Mm. you did that. I'm like, yeah, I did that. (laughs) But it's just like, well, we're both experiencing this, like Mm. just because you're one gender doesn't mean that you're responsible for all the fiscal financial it's probably a lot of unlearning that has to happen there but uh yeah i mean uh let's be real would i be more likely to pay for a check the prettier the girl is Mm. yes (laughs) facts yeah sorry to say it that's not just it but if also is the date going really well or is it like ah but yeah, also if it's great conversation, I don't care what you look like, if it's great conversation, sure, I, I would also be more willing to pick up the check yeah. as well. Um, so it's not one or the other, right? And I think that's always the kind of conversation we've been having today. Yeah. It's not one or the other. Toxic positivity, whatever that is. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I got into a weird situation. I was on a day, I was like, I was happy to pay for the drinks. And then they just like took both our cards and I was like, oh no. I was like, and then I was just like, I was in this trap of, I didn't, I didn't pay for both. And I was uh, like, fuck, now I feel bad. I'm like, is this going to ruin my chances? Um, did you vocalize that? No, I didn't. Communication, savvy. I should have said something. Actually, I think I did. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have, I would have paid for that. And we actually had coffee and I paid for coffee. Not, it wasn't legal, but like, you know, um, but just being super self-aware of that. Um, but yeah, I also don't want to be saved in some girl's phone as free dinner. <laughs> Which I've heard of. I have, oh, one of those two women that I mentioned, a loose acquaintance, literally was on these dating apps to go get dinner. Mm, yeah. And I was like... All right, after the podcast, I'm going to need to know the name <laughs> so that I don't swipe right. Yeah. 
I will let you know. Yeah. I will let you know. Does free dinner come with sex, though? I guess that's the real question. No. Yeah, so then. Yeah. yeah so, that sounds like prostitution at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, right. That's not free dinner. Yeah, that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys looking for in a partnership right now, if even a partnership? Ooh, great question. Sometimes I just think I need some CEO to like fucking put me yeah. in my place. Well, like, listen, Matt, so here's what's happening. Hell yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, I don't actually think I want that. Uh, but definitely someone. Uh, Maybe I definitely... just role play that with the partner. Oh, there we go. Yeah. She could, put on, she could put on my suit. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, Make it real about that. <laughs> sure. I will. Um, but uh, yeah, I think someone, not that anyone has to have anything figured out, right? Who the hell does? True. Someone who knows a little bit more, um, like, and that's where like age doesn't matter. Where again, you're 23 and I feel like you have, you have a lot of this stuff figured out. You're like doing the work and not where someone's like, you know, Hey, my job. And it's like, okay, we'll do something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and guide you through that. You know, I want, you know, take some chart, like step into this and, and, you know, figure it out. I'll be here to support you through it all. But like, I don't want to guide you through it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things. That's something I learned too. My natural instinct is to be a fixer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I would enter into, it's very much like, oh, this is exciting at first. And I feel like I'm providing value. And also it came from abandonment issues. And I was like, oh, if I provide value, then you're not going to leave kind of thing. And then I was like, no, I want a partner who's kicking ass with me and we get to support and be there for each other. But also like, encourage each other not just me constantly like almost parenting mm. mm-hmm. exactly I resonate yeah. with that yeah I think that's the biggest thing yeah for sure I mean it's actually you guys it's like uh, someone that I can grow with and I can learn new things and that I can also teach them new things and yeah. to be honest like I would say one of the biggest is like being able to have these conversations like some of these dates I have been on it's like oh they're they're pretty cool girls they're like you know, successful in their own right, but like we can't talk like they, like we got to be able to talk about weird shit, like yeah. mantras. We got to be able to get woo woo. Like <laughs> you can talk about language. Like I, I call myself a life coach, and sometimes I'm still like, ah, it's kind of has a weird connotation depending where you come from. Yeah. But if that weirds you out, it's it's not gonna work. You know, I'm yeah. sorry. You call yourself a life coach, or you, you are, are a life, life coach? coach. Man, this is a this is a great conversation. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would say I'm not I'm not sure what I want to call myself. Okay. Mindset, okay. leadership, life coach. Okay. You know what you are. You just don't. I, I know what I do, and I know yeah. how I help people. Yeah. But uh, I think ultimately it depends on who I'm helping. What I would call myself, right? Because I have people who are uh, mid forties, high level CEOs at a bank, and a lot of what I do is leadership and how to better communicate with with their team, and then um, you know have a client who is uh, dealing with. Uh, patients and anger issues and being a better mother and you know so um yeah I think that's what I found there's it's so hard to learn like with you know in a dating app like so much and I've even got to the point this is where like communication actually that that's what I'd say I'm looking for the first because I've met a few a lot of people and I've been in a couple relationships for like a couple months with people who are just like not the best at communicating um and it's, it's wild to me how, how poor that is. So I just got to the point where I'm like, if there's any kind of like attraction from photos and like, I think we have stuff in common, meaning like things that we do for fun or work, then it's like, let's just go on a date. And then I've had some people where it's like, that's so challenging. And yeah. again, I don't know all their stories, but like, I'm just trying to, trying to meet people. And yeah. if it, if it works out cool, if not, 
to be honest, one reason I got on these dating websites is like, I just want to meet more people. Hell and yeah. then I realized pretty much everyone that it's like, there's no way to really just be friends after that, which is mm-hmm. kind of in- interesting, at least in my experience. From the dating app or after yeah. sex? From the dating app. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm just curious because I would say sex complicates things. Do you agree? Oh, for sure. Or just Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sex definitely complicates things. <laughs> Not all the time, but it definitely adds an extra layer element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the unattachment to the outcome of these dates. I think that's super powerful because a lot of people definitely something I had to learn. I will preface that. Yeah. It's, it's been a process. That's something I had to learn too. And the relationship I'm in now, for a while I was almost adverse to being in a partnership. Not almost, I was very adverse to being in a partnership. Um, brief dating history when I was when my dad committed suicide in 2013. That same week, the first person that I, like, really spent time with was this guy, Alan, and he became my boyfriend, so it was in a very emotionally charged relationship. We dated for three years until my freshman year of college, and then we broke up, and I immediately entered into a relationship with a man who was much, much older than I was, um, and I was in that on and off um, for three and a half years. It was very emotionally abusive, and just, um, I was staying in it because of fear of abandonment. Um, and he was the one who was reinforcing these like misogynistic ideas. And once I got out of that, it was unlearning. And now it was almost like I unlearned too far. There wasn't the balance where I was like, oof, no relationship. Because then I immediately dated a couple and I was like, cool, this is fun, playful. Like I'm coming into their marriage, so it doesn't mean anything. And then they showed me a wedding ring within like two weeks and wanted me to move in. And I was like, they tracked my location and I was like, oh, okay, this is fucked up. And then wow. I briefly dated two guys individually and tried to open the relationship with both of them instead of being honest and saying like, hi, I'm over this. Um, that did not go well. And then I dated a guy who was 39 and this was a couple, this was last year, two years ago. And I thought he would be much more emotionally available. Absolutely not. And then I met Evan, the serial rapist. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, I'm down to be monogamous. And I entered into that. We only dated for a few months. Um, And then when I got out of that, I was like, absolutely no relationships. And the reason this partnership has been so wonderful is because we both needed time and space to slowly enter into it and get to know someone. And that's been a huge lesson this year. I've learned of like not jumping in and making big life decisions and not being attached to the outcome. Where with this, I'm like, this feels so good. And he even said this to me. He's like, you said something to me that was really wonderful and I don't even remember saying this but I guess I was like this whatever this is in this moment feels good right now Mm. and I was like not having that attachment of like oh we're in this we need to make this work no matter what until the very end it's more just like hey I really like you right now like this is cool let's keep doing this as opposed to like hi we're dating should we see if we work to get married and have children interesting I got a lot of questions but I mean one of them being you kept using relationship versus partnership so I'd be curious to to know kind of I think we all know what a relationship is maybe you could define partnership but also just on the last thing you said um I don't talk about this publicly um which I tend to um but you know I got divorced this year I was only married for a few months the relationship was almost eight years um but so two things. One, um, you had to go through this to figure out that partnership you're in now works. You had to do all that other crap. That was, I'm Dates, so grateful this, like, All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so you had grateful. to do it to get to this point, which is awesome. And I think that's the great part of like kind of reframing the crap we go through to realize 
Like 2020 was shitty. 2020 is great because it's preparing me for, you know, the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, the other part was that you said, this feels great right now. And a lot of with my previous relationship was we were living in such moments. Mm. This is awesome right now. This is awesome right now. Oh, this isn't awesome right now. Let's talk about it. But we never, I think this is where, you know, I mean, we grew apart and it's, it's great. And, you know, we separated amicably and, and we, we still have a relationship now, but part of what I think what we didn't do right for lack of a better word was talk more about the future. Mm. Like, Hey, this is what I want for my life. This is where I see myself in three years. Yeah. Where you see yourself in three years and let's support each other to get there where we didn't have this conversation. So, you know, for me, it was like really leaning into photography and video work. Mm. So I was doing a ton of video work and you know, that would frustrate her because it's like, you know, can we just go on a hike and enjoy ourselves? Do you have to video the whole thing? Uh, yes, yeah. I do because this is where I want to be in three years, but yeah. we never spoke about that. So I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah, let's enjoy this moment. Let's be present. But I also think there needs to be some, and maybe it's not, you know, yeah, you guys been dating for a few months. Maybe it's not yet, but maybe who knows when it is. Every relationship is different, but I think at some point you have to have those conversations, be open about everything. I think that's huge. Communication is so key and I feel like relationships, friendships, anything are a lot about compromising and finding like, hey, what am I willing to sacrifice or change that isn't that important to me, but I love that it's important to you versus what am I not willing to change? What feeds me and what are you not into? And I think that um, like having those conversations is absolutely crucial because there are some things you just can't compromise on, like children, marriage, like big things or even just lifestyle. Like I love going on this hike and capturing the moment versus like, why are you doing that? That bothers me kind of thing. So I think that's huge. And, um, I feel like right now I'm in such a like playful exploratory part of my life that those conversations almost feel suffocating to me where I like know where I'm at with this guy right now. And I feel very happy in that, but I don't feel it's time for those conversations yet, but definitely in past relationships, when those conversations arose, it was very evident where we're at or they never arose. And then it led to resentment or like a miscommunication or things like that. And I hugely admire you for one, speaking about getting divorced, but two, doing it Um, amicably. I was so nervous when I was saying that word. (laughs) Amicably or not, I think that we've grown up in a culture where divorce is seen as a failure and for a long time that's my fear I was like I don't want to get married I don't want to pat like do the same thing my parents did and get divorced and be have a large failure but really it's like hey we loved each other this was our time again learning lesson yeah. but why why would we continue unhappy moving forward if we know this isn't fe- like feeding both of us so it's, I exactly. usually again it's, it's unlearning yeah. sometimes Staying married is the worst decision, Absolutely. but there's this like, you know, it's like breakups are normal, but like, uh, getting divorced is like this big thing. Like you did something wrong or like, that's what society tells us. Right. Yeah. So it's like unlearning. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, this is, this is so interesting. There's so many like parallels to other aspects of life where it's like, there's a time and a place and Sabi, I love what you said, not being attached to the outcome. Yeah. I feel like everybody, every aspect of your life, the job, the relationship, where they live, so many expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's speaking for myself, it's it can be hard to let go of that. But I do Absolutely. speaking of affirmations and I mantras, was literally about to say even with affirmations. Uh, as I like <laughs> 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 
as I let go of the need to control my life, the universe brings about the good to me. This has my boy Deepak Chopra. What up? He doesn't know it, but he's your boy. He's yeah. <laughs> he knows it. Also, I uh, think he knows it. He's, he's also very much a man. Like a, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, not a boy. For the past couple of months has has been this theme in my life and even mad and i and it's like wild how the more i've let go the more that has come to me and, and like i said it's taking time and you know matt and i talk a lot about but it's like doing the things and just like you said savvy like you've been through so much and you've been through different relationships and a lot of people would be like just sit in that and wallow in that and like oh this didn't go well and like sad and whatever it's like Hey, this didn't go well. Okay, cool. What can I do next time? And it's yeah. like really setting you up for success for the future. If you can view it as a learning opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, I think if, and that's, you know, me, if we talk specifically relationships, like all these that I've been on and de- dates and, you know, relationships in the past is like creating clarity and like, okay, what do I want? Yeah. And I can have these conversations. And, um, yeah, I would say, man, if people could unlearn just focusing on the outcome and just be present, mm-hmm. That'd be the quickest way to change your life. Absolutely. Mindfulness is so key. And I think that um, with anything, practicing unattachment is super, super important. And that is one thing I wanted to touch on with affirmations. Because when I first started, um, people said, like, be specific. And I was like, okay, I'll be specific. But at the same time, when you're asking for something, it is not always going to present itself in the way that you want it. And if you're really hoping for that, you might miss it. Or you might be upset when really it's like, oh, shit, that is what I wanted. I just didn't think it would come in this way. Um, And I actually had people warn me with affirmations of like, you're asking for something. You're asking for growth. Like, I know this myself where I'm like, I keep putting out into the world that I want to grow more. And then everything all of a sudden something will come in and I'm like, fuck me, dude. Like, yeah. I wanted this. So that's the thing about growth. People loving being on the other side of growth. Mm-hmm. They don't actually love the growth. They yeah. love having grown. Yeah. Right? Growth is mucky. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. 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 And yeah, growing pains. That is a term for a reason, right? It's it's painful. Yeah. And but just like everything we've talked about, gratitude affirmations happiness it's like you put in the reps and then all of a sudden you're like man i just keep getting beat down beat down beat down and you can pause and be like oh shit what's about to happen (laughs) this is incredible yeah because all this is happening my life's about to change yeah yeah hugely all of it yeah i mean um it is that it is the journey not the destination Mm. because even when you get there you get to say where you wanted to be. You Maybe you make a certain amount of money. Now you want more money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, let's stop focusing on that outcome and let's start enjoying the journey. And yeah, it's easier said than done, but like, you know, yeah, letting go and all that stuff, like getting divorced. Oh my God, I'm divorced at 30. What are people going to think of me? Oh my God, we just had a wedding. You know, parents paid a lot of money. We paid a lot of money. People gave us gifts. Yeah. Like, you know, what are they going to think? It's like, yeah, but this is what's best for me, for us, you know, and all that. Yeah. It's like, we had our times, our, it was amazing. The times we had, and it was incredible growing up together in our twenties. Um, and then we grew apart and that's okay. Yeah. And we don't have to stick to like, Oh, I gotta work through it. Like this is part of it. You know, it's gonna suck. It's like, no, no. Like now, I mean, it's Taylor says a lot, but it's like knowing what, uh, say it sometimes knowing, 
Uh, sometimes knowing what you don't want is just as important as figuring out what you do want. So yeah, probably more important. Yeah. And it's like great now. It like, I mean, let's just be thankful. You know, if I had kids, oh my God. But, um, but it's great. Now I know what I do want in a relationship and, uh, and going back to the dating, like I can go into those, those first dates with like, I'm going to be so myself. And if the girl doesn't like that, good, let's figure that out now yeah. because I'm not going to be someone else for the, you know, the next three months. And then all of a sudden it's like, by the way, I'm really fucking weird. <laughs> I, I constantly say sex jokes and not, you know, my bad. It's like, no, I'm going to say I'm right away. And I'm also going to let you know about my divorce. And it's like, if, yeah. if you can't handle that now, it's cool. Let's, let's get that. Yeah, you're not the type of person. Yeah, that you want to do it. That's a wish that I have for a lot of people because that's something that I didn't have for a long time. Maybe not a long time in my life. I'm very young, but a good portion of my life where it's like, I am very good at reading people and I know how to show up as the version of myself that is going to be most beneficial or most attractive or most whatever mm-hmm. for that person. Mm-hmm. And because of the fear of abandonment in a lot of my relationships, I wasn't my authentic self. And I was like, oh, I know how to be exactly for you. You Mm -hmm. want like this version of me. But then that causes resentment. You can only play a role for so long. And that's not a sustainable relationship. And now I'm like, exactly that. Like, this is me. Hi, what's up? Like, do you vibe with me or not? If not, totally cool. But I feel good about it. I don't feel like I'm putting on a show or being someone I'm not because that's not going to lead to a fulfilling relationship. You're also so much more attractive when you are yourself. So mm-hmm. much more. And again, so easier, much easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it took me a, it, a lot of unlearning, a lot of relationships to be like, not a lot, but a good amount of relationships to be like, oh, wait, oh, wait. And inner yeah. childbirth mirror work was, it's so much yeah. self-love of like. I mean, I've, I firmly believe the biggest gift you can give the world is to be so authentically, unapologetically yourself. Yeah. And that's unlearning a lot of expectations and what the world, you know, wants you to be. Yeah. Man, we have covered so many great <laughs> topics. It's likely we won't stop if we don't. Yeah. So, ourselves. so we're going to wrap up. I've got, I've got kind of a, a final question for you, Savvy. Okay. Um, we say you this questionnaire, but whatever comes to mind now, I want to know, what do you want to make absurd in 10 years, mm. 20 years from now? So to preface this, you know, 50 years ago, 50 plus years ago, um, it used to be normal for the cashier at the grocery store to be smoking seg- cigarettes while you're checking out. Now, if you showed up to the grocery store, that would be absurd. A- anywhere indoors. Anywhere, like, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember having... That's wild, actually. I remember growing up and there was like, oh, do you want to sit in smoking or non-smoking yeah. in a restaurant? I'm like, uh, well, the smoking booth is one booth over from the non-smoking booth. I'm like, what? The- I remember when I was a kid being babysat, my parents would come home from a date night or ever. Just reeking of cigarettes, oh. and I'm like, I'm like, who are my parents? Do they smoke? It's like, no, that's just you know, yeah. So that being said, you know, what is one thing that maybe is considered normal right now, but you want to make absurd in the future? Hmm, I think more like Western ideals, especially surrounding medicine. Um, just, I think right now it's so common. Big pharma is such a part, large part of our life, where it's like we use these drugs or these things, even surgeries, random stuff as band-aids versus actually getting to the root of problems. So Mm. my hope for the future would be that it's absurd to see um, pharmaceuticals and things commonplace versus an ideal world of like plant medicine and 
more healthy natural alternatives like massage or chiropractic or just all of these like therapeutic things or getting um, to the root of the problem uh, yeah and like yeah. Being blood pressure high here's with, blood pressure medicine right which we're now just you like a band-aid over and now you need yeah. antidepressant yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just talking about yeah yeah and being vulnerable saying how you're feeling yeah Oof. instead of <laughs> pretending like you have to be okay yeah yeah, yeah. I love that. Great, yeah, it's a great answer. I love and I guys. hope that's true too. Uh, we love you. Yeah, you. I, I feel you. it. I really feel it. Oh, yeah, man. so I'm much grateful for you too. Energy. Such a pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so nourishing. I seriously leave uh, after spending time with you guys, and I just feel revved up. Like I mm. absolutely love diving into these things, and I love. I feel like I have lived in a bubble, and it's so beautiful to meet other people who are like this isn't normal. This isn't the typical thought process because it's a great reminder and it's a great way to like keep moving forward and be like, hi, this is where we're at now and so powerful, but also not natural, not commonplace. So I really appreciate that about you too. Yeah. I appreciate you too. And I think that's a big, you know, again, we'll just keep going here, but uh, <laughs> you know, the, the premise of this podcast, as far as choosing happiness, you know, I choose to surround myself with someone like you, someone like Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love my friends from New York, but like, had to, had to go. I had to go and, and meet new people and, uh, yeah, surround myself with, with people that are going to challenge me and, and that I ha- can have these conversations with. And, um, again, that's just part of choosing happiness and it's, yeah, yeah it's internal work. It's, but it's surrounding yourself with people too. And, yeah. and it's wonderful when you do find those people who like, it's yeah, you just giggle with and you, and you can talk for almost two hours plus, you know, with our break and, and it feels like 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Savvy. Thank you so much. Where can people find you to follow along with your journey? Keep learning from you. Yeah. The best place where I'm most active is my Instagram, which is Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y and then the little underscore guy and then Rose. Savvy Rose. Yep. Awesome. And, uh, and, hey, <laughs> should I throw this out there? Do our fans get a discount on, on OnlyFans for you? <laughs> Type in moderate talk. Oh, okay, okay. I would be into that. We, we, didn't, get too, we didn't get deep into that. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to have yeah. back for uh, We're definitely going to have Savvy back. She's a, a regular on the show. For another two-hour podcast. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank this you guys. Fun. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Let's go. Woo. Hell yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Horny. Hell yeah. Horny. Let's go. Horny. Let's go.